This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. ...with none other than former Carlisle United manager Mick Wadsworth, that's right, Mick Wadsworth, the... Oh, Reet how's it going? It's once again my pleasure to introduce you to the first ever sponsors of the Blue Army Podcast. That's right, I'm talking about the old fire station carlisle and this time we have an event for you that is specially tailored towards the listeners of the blue army podcast it's a q a and an evening discussion with none other than former carlisle united manager mick wadsworth that's right mick wadsworth the promotion winning manager from 1993 till 1996 a manager that had such players as Rory Delap, Richie Prokas and the late great Tony Hopper in his squad. So once again it will be a Q and A and a discussion with Mick Wadsworth which I'm sure will be a fantastic evening. All of this is in aid of Eden Valley Hospice and is taking place on the 6th of May. Tickets cost £12.50. Details of the event and many, many other events are available at the Old Fire Station's website, which you can find by typing in www.ofscarlisle.co.uk. Once again, that is www.ofscarlisle.co.uk. Get your tickets now and don't miss out. It's going to be a great night. My name is Chris Miller. My name is Paul Anderson. My name is Mark Boyd, and you listen to the Blue Army Podcast. Hello, my name is Derek Combs, and I listen to the Blue Army Podcast. So, man, I just hit record. Um, do you have any memories of Mick Wadsworth? Yeah, it's so. it's fairly kind of like. Um, well remembered for his time at Carlisle, but was it? But yeah, it was. It was a little bit before my time. Um, you know, like I can remember. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I don't know. Actually, I can't. I can remember Carlisle United in that era because it was when we got to the auto windscreens final. Yeah, but, you, um, but I've no memories of who I've, I've, I've no memories of who managed us. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, <clears throat> well, the thing is, it's a Mick Wadsworth night. It's an aid of Eden Valley Hospice, and um, I mean, I've actually never been to one of these ex-pro nights, like Q and A's or talks or anything like that. So, have you ever been to a talk? Have you got Have you got memories of a talk? Have you been to an ex-player night? I haven't. No, no. It's, um, uh, 
So it'd be a new interesting experience anyway. And like, so I want to get down there, see what it's like, and then maybe one day, you know, uh, organize something ourselves uh, for the Blue Army podcast. Maybe do a live show with a couple of ex-footballers. But first, I want to get down there and see uh, what it's all about. And if you want to get yeah. down there to the old fire station, there'll be a link attached to this episode. So that'll be nice and easy for you. Thank you for sitting through <laughs> the free ramble. And uh, let's get started, man. Let's get started. Yeah. Oof, that's gonna take that's gonna take a little bit of editing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, were well, you expecting me to kind of like say something other than oh hmm, I don't really know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wanted it to be genuine, you know what I mean? It has to be genuine. Yeah. It does have to be genuine, man. The things I know um, about Mick Wadsworth and Carlisle are things that I kind of like heard from older fans, like you know, you know, when I was about 16, sort of kind of thing, people like, oh, when Mick Wadsworth was manager, which was like what two years ago by that point or something. So, <laughs> I mean, fair enough. So just before your time, I mean, fair enough, man. Yeah. But we'll get things kicked off properly. We'll get things kicked off properly. Oh, Reet Maris, how's it going? And welcome back to the Blue Army podcast. This is of course, episode 63. And I can't think of anyone I'd like to hold my hand through my 60s other than our most regular of regularest guests. You've probably guessed it by now. I'm talking about Wills. Say hello, Wills. Hello, Arit. Um, uh, welcome to the Blue Army podcast. <laughs> Welcome back, man. I've enjoyed your little hiatus, and um, yeah. I don't want to. I, I don't want to tease too much, but there might be a special, special guest coming on the podcast next week in the build-up towards the Legends game that is, of course, happening this month as well. I think that's the twenty-fourth of April. I'm just going to double-check that now. Yeah, that's the twenty-fourth of April uh, for the Legends game at Brunton Park. And uh, hopefully we'll have a special guest that comes on to tell us all about that. But that's enough about that. Um, I've had my lessons learned in the past. And um, <laughs> let's move on <laughs> to our traditions that we have here on the Blue Army podcast. And that means it's time for, of course, the Blue Army podcast joke of the week. Is he having a laugh? I think he's trying to. Right, mate. Let's have a go with right. this one. That's, yeah. Who, who would win in a fight between Sunday and Monday? Oh, I don't know. Who would win in a fight between Sunday and Monday? Sunday, because Monday is a weekday. <laughs> oh! <laughs> I had that go all over the carpet, that will. Jesus, what was that noise? Like that, no. uh, sort, of, sort of a snort. <laughs> <laughs> a snort of derision. Oh, dear, man. Oh, dear. I mean, I mean, it's good when we can stump them. It's good when we can make them laugh. But um, mm. I mean, that one, that one just fell a bit flat. But hey, there we go. Um, <laughs> I feel bad now. That's <laughs> <laughs> fine. Sometimes you do, and sometimes you don't. Which is why sometimes we need to pick me up after the joke of the week here. So that's why we started doing the birthdays. Let's take a little walk down. Sometimes a nostalgic path, but always a positive path. At first, we have. Current Carlisle United centre back, back from injury and back in the starting lineup, Mr. Rod McDonald. Mm. Um, he's 30 years of age and um, he's one of the players whose contract is coming to the end um, of its time here at Brunton Park. But we will move on to talk about that a little bit more a little bit later on. Uh, we've got Tony Cage. Um, obviously, I've I've told the most of you listeners about my ties with Tony K going to the goalkeeping academy, and obviously how that has shaped me as a man going forward into the future. <laughs> <laughs> the standards it I learned informs every goal- aspect of your modern life. <laughs> it did. It really did. It drilled drilled certain standards into me that uh, <laughs> other people other people just can't uh, install into their lives, mate. You know, definitely big live lessons learned. <laughs> Tony Cage taught how to catch a ball by Tony Cage. <laughs> 
<laughs> Tony Cakes goal keeping school. Um, <laughs> plenty of good times we'll have at Tony Cakes goalkeeping school. Dennis Booth turned 71 this week, and yeah. someone else who turned 71 this week is John Ward. Uh, both t- uh, both guys involved in the backroom staffs at Carlisle United and one of them visibly having a much worse paper round than the other one uh, <laughs> I mean you know you're not saying who no of course not I'm not because I might I might I might end up meeting one um, in a couple of weeks time so I'm not going to say who obviously um Jack Stacy turned 26 this week um one of those players, unfortunately for me, that just I can't really tie a face to uh, a picture. Um, can you say any likes remembered of Jack more, Stacey? Go yeah, on. remembered more for scoring against us than for than playing for us. Um, so I mean, he played for us in um, Keith Curl's first season. He was one of the players that came in on loan, um, and you know, kind of one of the kind of promising young players. Uh, following season, went on loan to Exeter City, or did he actually sign for them? Um, so, like, I think it was from Fleetwood, and he was actually um, with us at the same time as Jack Sowerby. But um, anyway, like I say, re- I remember him more because he scored the last-minute goal in the playoff semi-final against Exeter. Mm. Um, well, not so fond like, memories of Jack, but still, yeah. happy birthday to Jack Stacey, mate. And um, we'll move on to a, a little game I've got. I've got a little game for us for the next person's birthday. The next person's birthday, I've got three questions for you. Come on, we'll have a bit of fun, Will. Here we hey. go. Um, okay. The next person's birthday is Jamel Campbell Rice. Okay, I will hear you if you start typing yeah. on your keyboard. In your keyboard yeah, so yeah. Don't try it. Um how old do you think Jamel? <laughs> How old do you think Jamel Campbell Rice is? Question number one. I'm gonna go thirty-six because he was getting on. I'm sure when he when he played for us. Well, I'm sure he'll take that as a compliment because he turns thirty-nine this week. Um, he's older than me. I know he's the same age as me. Same age. Same age. <laughs> leave yeah, leave that out. Don't give too much away. Don't give too much away. Um, how many individual teams did Jamail Campbell Rice play for? I'm going to go 14. Oh, you're so close. It was 15, oh. 15 teams um, <laughs> he played for. Um, in total, playing. Uh, well, here's the next question. There are four teams Jamail Campbell Rice has played for twice. In his career, um, how many of those teams can you name? Uh, I'm gonna guess Mansfield. Has he played for them? He hasn't played for Mansfield. Um, has he played for Luton? I'm he just hasn't guessing. played for Luton. <laughs> has he played for Shrewsbury? Uh, he hasn't played for Shrewsbury. <laughs> so, I haven't even got one that he has played. Has he played for Hartlepool? He hasn't played for Hartlepool. <laughs> I mean, this is um, this is all guesses based on absolutely nothing. So we we could keep going, but I will just be naming teams at random. Chester, uh, Chester City. Chester, no. <laughs> so, among, <laughs> okay, enough. Amongst playing for Jamaica 18 times in his yeah. career, uh, the teams that he's played for twice include Lake Norient, Colchester, Chesterfield, Ooh. and South End. The other teams are Charlton, come Athletic, on <laughs> <laughs> Charlton Athletic, Wimbledon, Rotherham, uh, Barnsley, Bristol City, Notts County, Sheffield United. And then Barnett, Carlisle United, Stevenage. So, yeah, all in total, 15 teams that he played for individually, if you include Jamaica. And um, Jamel Campbell-Rice, ladies and gentlemen, that was a Jamel Campbell-Rice quiz. Uh, we'll move on. Andy Walker's birthday. Go on. 15, if you include his international team. Yes. Um, because so, as when I, I count- said 14, was that the right number of clubs? 
yeah, I think so. Sorry, as I was counting them, as I was counting them just then, I realized that he's played for Notts County twice as well. So I took that one out. God, it was confusing looking at all those teams. But we'll move on to Andy Walker's birthday. Uh, Andy Walker turned 57 this week, and Peter Shirtlift turned 61. Happy birthday to all of those guys. Um, We'll move on to the news this week, mate. And most of the news is revolving around the possible revolving door that might be Brunton Park this summer. Certain players are coming to the end of their contracts. And Paul Simpson has spoken out about if there has been any progress made on any contracts. And um, he has actually stated that there has been very, very, very early contract talks with him personally. And then also extended the point that he might not have anything to do with these players' contracts being re-signed in the summer. But then also added as a side note that when his contract does expire after the game at Bradford, um, that he will go to the end-of-season party for free. So very generous man, uh, Paul Simpson. And um, a few statements made there. It is quite obvious. It's pretty black and white. If you're not going to be the manager, you you know, um, you know, normally wouldn't be involved in who's going to be getting a contract signed next season. Yeah. But Paul Simpson, surely his opinion is held in such much more high regard uh, than a manager might have been in his position who was brought in, uh, say, if he was a younger manager or somebody that hadn't been with the club yet. Um, so would you say, even if it doesn't, even if he doesn't stay with us at the end of the season, his opinion on who stays and who shouldn't stay they will be brought into account, surely. Um, I think it depends on kind of like how things are progressing with sort of talks towards kind of keeping him here next season. Because uh, I remember Keith Curl did <clears throat> um, contribute to the decisions even after it was known that he was leaving us. He still kind of like made the decisions on the retained list. But in Simpson's case, would that be kind of like him doing work for the club for free um, while in negotiations. I don't know. Like, you know, he might not want to do that. He might not want to kind of do something for the club if if they're not kind of close to offering him what he wants to stay on. Yeah, I mean, it's not a nice job, like talking to to, to another fully grown man yeah. and possibly like cutting him loose or offering him a deal that maybe you feel like you, you you would want to offer him a little bit more money, maybe, and you just can't do that. I mean, I've had conversations with ex-footballers in the past who have spoken about Simo not being able them to offer the sort of money that they would have wanted and then not sticking around after that sort of conference relegation season and moving on yeah. to past as new. Um, so like things like that do happen and Simpson maybe just doesn't want to get put in this difficult position without getting properly compensated for it himself yeah, first, which and, would make complete sense. Go on, sorry. Yeah, and just kind of like the fact that, it, you know, it might just feel that it's an awkward position to be in while he's negotiating. Because like in Keith Curl's situation, you know, he he wasn't negotiating a contract. He was, it was definitely on his way out. So it was... It, you know, so it was just, you know, I'll I'll still do this for you, uh, but you know, in Simpson's case, maybe just doesn't feel like it. You know, you know, maybe just doesn't feel like he wants to, you know, to be making decisions on the future of the club next season, at the same time as negotiating, you know, whether he's going to be there. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it, it, it would completely make sense. But let's play devil's advocate for a second. Me and Liam Denwood spoke about it last week on yeah. the show. Some of these players coming to the end of their contracts include the likes of Mark Howard, Kelvin Meller, Rod McDonald, Danny Devine, Brennan Dickinson and Joe Riley. Morgan Feeney's contract is also up at the end of the season, but there is an extension uh, yeah. clause on that contract a trigger of some kind um which is which is apparently pretty ironclad when it comes to uh, the club wanting him to to stay on board if 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 that be the case um so looking at those on the release list 
Wills, um, yeah. or the potential release list, as it were. And uh, I am aware that we're not anywhere near Skelly's shit stirrer, but uh, we're gonna get we're gonna get uh, yeah, a little bit warmed up, I suppose. Um, there's 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 probably I mean two names on there that jump out to me mm-hmm. as players that I would potentially be releasing. And uh, on the top of that list, unfortunately, is Brennan Dickinson. And the reason for that is because he's the highest earner at the club right now and he just hasn't lived up yeah. to um, uh, uh, what we'd expect him to live up to. Uh, Gibson coming in has made a much better impact and has shown himself to be a much better creative outlet. And um, Dickinson... It just it just doesn't seem to be up to scratch uh, this season. So that would be top of my release list. Wills, yep. who would be top of your release list? Um, well, uh, g- given what you said about Dickinson being the club's highest earner, then y- y- you know you can't really see past y- you know past it. He he hasn't done enough to justify being the club's highest earner. So you know. I think it probably, you know, it would it would be top of my list as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, like the second person to me, like it's, it, it, Danny Devine, probably just hasn't shown me enough to to. Uh, I mean, if this be the kind of player that can be a part of a team that's going to push towards the top end of this division, could be proven wrong. He's a good age and and he, and he is quite competitive. He just. Mm doesn't really seem to shine too much, but he could be a really good workhorse midfielder for somebody at this level. I don't know 100%, but when you need that, you've got a tight budget and you need to move things around, that might be a, a, a bit of a, a, a non-mover or a non-starter, as it were, when it comes to resigning a new contract. I thought yeah. about it a little bit more this week. Kelvin Meller, to me, um, he won't be on peanuts. Um, he would have been. He's brought in last minute, um, and I don't like. Like I said, I don't think he would have been brought in on peanuts. He signed such a short contract. Um, he is at the older end of the spectrum um, of, yeah. of footballers in the squad at Carlisle. So those two things combined. And the fact that we've had a good track record with, with Armour and Tanner when we brought in young yeah. fullbacks. Um, you might be tempted just to take a chance on bringing in a young fullback and then loaning a fullback as cover. Um, and being able to got that. one, we've already got Joel Senior, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they, they have brought Joel Senior in, that seems to be a little bit more of a long term replacement. So maybe that might, yeah, maybe that actually made that combined with what I was already thinking about. That might be yeah. the yeah, the nail in the coffin for Kelvin Meller. But I don't think it's anything to do necessarily with his performances. Just, um, again, one of those things, if you want to be pushing towards the top end of the table, is you're going to be one of those people that's going to help you push towards the top end of the table. And before I hand over to you, Will, with a question, I want to yeah. throw in the name Mark Howard as well, because those are the two most senior members in yeah. the squad. Mark Howard and uh, Kelvin Meller, two players that yeah. are vocal on the pitch, two players that are leaders, two players that have stepped up very well this season in certain games games and really helped that defence um, become solid at certain parts of the season. Um, but that balance, mate, between are they getting too old or, you know, it's, it's a horrible question to ask, but I'm going to ask you, mate, what you what you do with them two contracts come the end of the season, if you're uh, in control? I, I think I'd give Mark Howard another year. Um, at 35, he's probably going to accept a, a one-year deal. Because I think once you get past sort of 33 or something as a player, then, you know, you don't really expect to get more than a year. Yeah, I'd be looking at getting rid of rid of Norman and, and, and yeah, giving Howard another year and then letting let yeah. these two um, young lads sort of like, you know, spend the money on investing in them two young lads a little bit and trying to find them yeah. a better loan deal maybe, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Howard's been good, so I think... You know, you, you know, you don't want to get rid of a decent keeper because, you know, if, if we offer him a deal and he accepts it, then we already know who our keeper is going to be for next season. And that's a big thing sorted. So it's kind of like, so you know, it's kind of, it's a position that I would probably want to be in if I was a manager. Not saying that I... You know, not saying that I understand the ins and outs of squad building, but certainly can could see the appeal of of of, of having your goalkeeper sorted right at the beginning of the window. You know, you know who it's going to be. Move yeah, on to I the mean, rest of the team. 
it, it's a position that if you've got a lot of experience as goalkeeper uh, in your goalkeeping position, you don't necessarily have to um, recruit so much for the rest of your back line. It, you know, maybe. So, yeah, it, it does. It it, it it sets the stall out and it, it maybe helps you clarify the rest of your yeah. squad going forward, maybe in that way. So, yeah, good point again, man. Um, yeah. A little bit more news um, in a little bit more of a shit-staring fashion as well. Joey Barton won the manager of the month uh, somehow, even though yeah. Carlisle United <laughs> beat Bristol Rovers. And uh, a lot of the comments are saying uh, it's absolute crap. Uh, it is absolute crap. Um, but <laughs> the popular opinion is that Carlisle's a little bit too far up north. That old chestnut. Um, for us to uh, be given any kind of accreditation when it comes to a photo opportunity with a national, um, uh, I don't know, tabloid <laughs> or whatever. And uh, it, it's just a bit farcical, isn't it, mate? What, what did Simpson have to do that month to, 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 to get that award over Joey, you know? And he did beat him after yeah. all, you know? It's just a bit silly, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I've based seen... on. Well, I mean, usually they just go to the manager with the best... Um, you know, with the best record, and they, you know, quite often you see situations where they don't really take into account things like, is this manager, has he turned the team around? Has he done what he's done on less money? They just give it to whoever's won the most games. So when you look at that, and you look at the fact that we had the same record as Bristol Rovers, but we beat Bristol Rovers, I even see like Bristol Rovers fans have been kind of like a bit mystified as to why Barton got it. Because I mean, also <laughs> nobody in football likes Joey Barton. So it's, you know, it's not like he's getting that vote. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just, oh, mate, it's just a bit of shit stirring, isn't it? At the end of the day, <laughs> we'll move on with some proper news now. We'll move on to the loan news that happened this week. Um, Taylor Charters played once again for Gateshead, and I've actually, uh, the result was 4 3 to Gateshead in the end. And uh, Chedwin Scott was on the score sheet once again for Gateshead. So hats off to them. Interestingly enough, Mempala's Weymouth played against Tristian Abrahams, Grimsby, and combined both players managed to play a grand total of five minutes on the pitch. Um, Mampala finally got off the bench for Weymouth. Uh, it was, you know, it's it nice to see at least him back in contention to, to get back amongst things. He came off the bench in the 89th minute and a minute later, Tristan Abrahams came off the bench for Grimsby. Uh, that seems to be what he's done for the, for at least like five or six weeks. Uh, Tristan Abrahams just coming off the bench for Grimsby in those last couple of seconds of a game, but nice to see Mampala coming off the game. And it is a little bit more juicy. The fact that those two players that are out on loan for different teams got to play against each other what do you think that was probably like mate um i mean we don't really hear much about what mampala's been up to i don't think he's a, been a particularly key player for weymouth um interesting to know that he i think he, I think he is contracted to us beyond the end of this season so um whether he features um tristan abrahams is also contracted to us but you know i think we're hoping to I mean, I, I don't know how he's doing at Grimsby, but I think we were maybe hoping that Grimsby might buy him. He's doing all right at that level, though, so... There's he was maybe... when he started, but he, he was when he started with us, do you know what I mean? He managed yeah. to get a goal or two when he started with us. I'm sure we'll find a taker for him, you know. He's... I'd hope so. Yeah. I don't think we'll get anything. I don't think we'll get anything <laughs> for it. No, no. I mean, I'm sure we'll, I'm sure we'll be able to give him to someone. I think it's kind of, <laughs> I think it's kind of decent. Is is. Rexham. If he was a free transfer, yeah, I don't think Rex were going to want him. <laughs> if, it <was> a, <laughs> if it was a free transfer, then someone in the conference is going to take him. Yeah, that's what I'd imagine. That's what I'd imagine it'd have to be. It'd have to be a free transfer. Um, yeah. It's just that kind of... It's, unfortunately, it's that kind of player that I well, don't he's think... He's another high earner, I think. That's it. That's it. It's a sort of player that's just just got just bringing in a bit too much and and limits the options for a manager who might want to bring in something different. And um, that's the loan news all wrapped up, mate. And we'll dive now into the uh, the match crack, um, which is obviously Carlisle United's one nil defeat this week at the hands of uh, second place Exeter City. When me and Liam Denwood were talking about the game last week on the podcast um, in the build-up to this game. Uh, Liam Denwood talked about Exeter City 
probably being the best team in this division. And he wouldn't be surprised if uh, they end up topping this division. There's still five points between them and uh, Forest Green Rovers. But like I pointed out last week on the podcast, Forest Green Rovers do have a habit of uh, bottling it a little bit uh, coming towards the end of the season. So, um, I mean, after after all, you were there at the game, Wills. Would, would, yeah. would you agree with that opinion that Exeter are perhaps the best team that you've seen at Brunton Park this year? Yeah, I think shaded it over Bristol Rovers because Bristol Rovers are a very good team. Um, and I wouldn't say like Exeter were like leagues ahead of them. Um, and indeed, they were kind of very wasteful in front of goal. Um, you know, they created a lot better chances, I thought, than Bristol Rovers. But pretty much fluffed them all until that last one at the very end. Um, we didn't really create much. And so, but yeah, I mean, I would, I would place Exeter just a, just ahead of Rovers, Bristol Rovers, in terms of kind of quality of opposition that we've seen. It will clear what you've said up there with the, the statistics a little bit later on. But of course, we'll start yeah. off with the Carlisle United starting lineup for their game against Exeter. We had Mark Howard in goal with Kelvin Miller, Simeu, Feeney, McDonald, and Dickinson setting up in what is quickly becoming a very familiar back five shape with Gibson, Divine and Mellish making up the midfield three and Dennis and Patrick playing up front. Not too many surprises for you there, Wills, um, going into the game. Um, yeah. I, there hasn't been a lot said about Jack Armour, though, at left back. I, I, do you have any information on what's happened at Jack Armour? It um, wasn't in the squad. Um, Again, yeah. Yeah. Doesn't seem to be much news about him though, unfortunately, coming out of the club. But we'll just we'll, we'll just crack who over knows? that, man. Yeah, yeah, no, who knows? Who knows? We'll, we'll we'll maybe find out. We'll see what happens. But um, Dickinson's been filling in at that left back position, and um, he's just not got that not got that turning circle. He's just not quick enough getting up and down the pitch, and not quite agile enough to fill in those gaps. And those gaps kind of do end up appearing on his side of the pitch, as they did um, in the Rochdale game, unfortunately, and. Um, also against um, who was it against uh, Bristol Rovers as well? Yeah, it was down that yeah. that side. Um, so unfortunately, it, it, it's it's just it's just that we know we've got better players at there. I don't know what's happening with Arme. He wasn't in the squad, but but um, a weird situation really unfolding there. Um, yeah, you were at the game. The atmosphere, Wills, was it? Was it? Was it? Was it nervy? Uh, was it? Was it? Was it excitable? What, what was the vibe like? Were we expecting it to be a difficult game? Were people a bit sort of like ready and dug in for for a dogfight? Uh, the atmosphere was a bit flat, to be honest. Um, there's, there's, um, what was I going to say? Um, you know, we've we've kind of like fallen off the pace a bit with kind of the with the good form that we're on um we you know we know pretty much that we're going to be in the in the division next season so yeah yeah i mean saying that yeah. we've, we've had a really difficult run of fixtures you know with, with Tranmere, exeter uh bristol rovers uh we've, we've had a really difficult run of fixtures over the last couple of weeks yeah. as well from the perspective um, of the fans though um you know when you stop kind of that you know, you stop that kind of like a run of really good form that's kind of got us to where we are, where we're safe, and sort of start losing games. Admittedly, we we're kind of coming up against some better teams. Um, yeah, just I guess the you know the excitement starts to drain of uh, you know drain away from the run that we were on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which, which is, of course, fair enough. And probably attendance is starting to reflect that a little bit, a little bit more normality returning to uh, Brunton Park, uh, I, I assume, anyway, Wills. But uh, the game itself, um, Mark Howard made some fantastic saves in this game, but also there were some really good moments from Exeter, but only on the end of a mistake and... And um, what I'm talking about is a particular highlight where Carlisle failed to clear their lines. Exeter were really stepping things up and the ball fell to a striker on pretty much the penalty spot. And Mark Howard pulled off for me, um, potentially the save of the season so far um, at Brunton Park. It was a very yeah. good save um, inside the box and 
only a few moments later, there was a corner um, that was that was headed over by Exeter City. Um, Mark Howard, mate, we've already covered this. He's getting on. He's yeah. 36. He's, he's 35. However old he is, um, yeah. I think he's worth an extra year. And um, it wasn't the only save he had to make on the day. There was a difficult mm. save in the first half that he had to make. Um, we'll obviously talk about who the man of the match was a little bit later on. But you were there, mate. Was Mark Howard keeping us in the game? Um, yeah. The a few... dog-hearted performance. Yeah, but he's just a good keeper, I think, is is what it is, because there were a few, you know, there were a few chances that Exeter had where, you know, you kind of thought that they're going to win this, because this was like uh, a part of the game, it was just one-way traffic, and Carl weren't going up the other end at all. Um, Exeter were having chance after chance. And, yeah. you know... Um, if it hadn't been for Mark Howard, I think there would have been at least two nil up at half time. So yeah, one of those performances where you really feel like your goalkeepers sort of really kept you in the game. There, what was the yeah. um, what was the back line looking like though? You know, for Mark Howard to have to step in and really sort of like save the game a little bit was was Simeon looking a little bit off the boil? Was it Feeney? Was it what what was going on there on the back line? Was there anything that stood out for you? Anyone really have a particularly bad game? Um, not necessarily in the way of individuals. Um, just all looked a little bit disjointed. Um, it, it seemed like we were, you know, we were backing off them a lot and letting them run at us, and then trying to kind of like um, make the tackle late. So yeah. if it, it felt like Exeter were getting up ahead of steam and getting a bit of passing going outside of our area before, you know, before we started to defend. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the goal, the goal that, that's... Go on, sorry. And I, I think that's probably just uh, a, a reflection of how good Exeter were and the fact that we didn't really have any proper midfield and we didn't have much control over the midfield. So the defenders weren't in a position where they could come out. They just had to kind of be pure defenders all stand in a line in front of the goal and try and stop the attacks. Yeah. And, um, I mean, the goal itself coming from a set piece in the last minute, it's a really difficult uh, defeat to take when it comes like that. It would have been nice to get a point against a team that has been absolutely flying this season. Uh, When you look at the goal itself, it's difficult to really fault Carl United. It is a very well rehearsed set piece. The runs are made from deep, uh, from 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 very wide, deep positions and, and and arcing runs into the box. It's difficult to sort of pick up your man. There's a header that leads to a header, and um, God's sake, mate, it's the same old problems for me. Why is there no one on the back post? Why is there <laughs> no one on the back post? I don't know why there's no one on the back post, but Carl do go down by a goal to nil and. Um, for me, I'll quick, I'll very quickly say it, mate. We, we we normally don't dwell on these defeats for too long, especially when there's only one goal to talk about anyway. My yeah. Carlisle United Foxes feature man of the match is Mark Howard. Like I said, there was at least two very very high quality saves that he made during the game. One of them was a a one on one where he saved it with his leg. The other one there was a beautiful uh, reaction save, uh, diving deep to his right. And uh, yeah, for me, Mark Howard deserved the the man of the match award because it was just really unfortunate he couldn't have kept that clean sheet for another two or three minutes. Yeah, I mean, I was I was pretty close to to giving my man of the match to Kelvin Meller, who I thought had a good game. Um, then he was just a little bit culpable for the goal. And, you know, there, there could only have been like a hair's breadth thin between him and Mark Howard. So, because, I, you know, I wanted to give it to an outfield player and I wanted to give it to someone for being um, a player who was kind of like looking to bring the ball forward. And I thought he was doing that quite well. A lot of our attacks on, you know, not that we had many, but a lot of them, came through him getting the ball and bringing it forward, linking up with Gibson and Patrick. Um, Then, yeah, like I say, um, he was one of the players who failed to get on the ball for the corner uh, that led to the goal. Uh, Like one of the players who was, should have been, well, was was beaten in the air by the Exeter player. Um, 
Uh, yeah, and based on that, I decide that I'll give it to Howard. Yeah, yeah, Howard times yeah. two. Howard yeah. times two this week for the Foxes feature man of the match. We can't stop singing his praises here on the Blue Army podcast, Night Change of Pace mm-hmm. from last season. Uh, we'll move on to talk about Carlisle United's next opponent, which is obviously Walsall. Walsall are sitting 18th in the league and have lost their last three games. We yeah. would be hoping that this is one of those games where we can start building a little bit more momentum coming in towards the end of the season and, and hopefully having a bit of a nice little run of form going towards the end of the season. Um, Walsall manager came out this week and basically threatened his, uh, his, his team's careers, basically told them that they're now uh, at risk because they are looming over the relegation stages. I mean, they're one position above us, so uh, I don't know really what he's getting at. He's probably thinking that he's got the ego of somebody that's so important that if he lets them go from Walsall, they won't play professional football after that. Um, <laughs> I don't think that's going to be good for morale. Um, they've lost their last three games against not very good teams. I'm talking about Rochdale and Late Norian. Yes, Rochdale beat us, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, mm-hmm. based on um, how they've done this season and the current run of form they've been going through, I reckon we're in for a good win. And it's about time we got that big win that you were telling everybody about back in January. So, yeah, 4-0 Carlisle. Come on. <laughs> um, yeah, go on then. I'll go with 4 0 myself. Come on! You had to <laughs> lay it down at some point. You couldn't say it in January and then not back yourself at least once this yeah. year. So that's what me and Wills are going for. We're both going for 4 0 against Warsaw. Mate, what do you think of those comments from the, from the boss, Flynn, there uh, saying that his players' careers are at risk? He's just trying to remind them that they've still got something to play for. Um, you know, uh, they're different managers have different ways of motivating players. I can't see Paul Simpson saying anything exactly like that, but, you know, he has kind of like said that players are playing for their contracts and, you know, managers of teams that are in sort of mid table or or roughly safe from relegation coming towards the end of the season, you know, they quite often say things like this because, because, um, you know, the players need sometimes they need reminded that you know not the down tools, and you know you know you've still got to keep, still got to keep putting in performances. Um, yeah, you know Flynn's a, Flynn's a new manager there as well, so Flynn's coming and he's not the one who is responsible for the poor season that they've had. He's the one who's coming to try and um, sort them out and you know, with an eye towards next season already, you know, probably from the point he came in, he was like, you know, eyes already on next season. So, you know, that's his focus. And, you know, that's what he's doing in Walsall to make sure they don't get relegated this season. And they weren't in any drastic trouble at any point. So it was just to kind of like ensure that they were stayed safe this season and have a better season next season. And, he just wants to motivate the players because he wants the players to make his decision on who to keep easier. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, you've pretty much spelled it out for us there, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well explained. Uh, Carlisle have five games left now coming into the end of the season. Uh, there's Walsall, Mansfield, Harrogate Town, Stevenage, and of course, Bradford being the last game of the season. So, I mean, like like I said, you know, if we start off with a really good victory away against Walsall, there's no reason. I mean, yeah, Mansfield's going to be a hard game and Harrogate away is yeah. a horrible shithole to play at. And um, But hopefully... The bottom half. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But they're in the bottom half. But um, we'll, we'll, we'll hopefully we'll see what's, you know, we'll have a good run of form going in towards the end of the season. Right, mate? Yeah. One of the newest features on the Blue Army podcast is, of course, Skelly's Shitstirrer. <laughs> and uh, this week's Skelly's Shitstirrer is that the fact is, mate, the fact is, mate, there's a lot of players in this division that are going to get released at the end of yeah. the season. And two players I have pointed out, and I hope you they both ring bells for you I know at least one of them will ring a bell for you um, in terms of very talented 
players. Um, I'm going to make you choose between the two of them. That's yeah. going to be over this week. Um, if you yeah. could sign either Dylan Batham, Bula, or Ashley Hunter, which one are you going for? Um, I think I would probably go for Hunter. Oh, okay. I thought Batham Bula would be the boy. You'd think, wouldn't you? But then he's, I mean, he's been part of the Oldham, you know, an Oldham team for two years now. Um, he's shown some really exciting skills at times, but more often than not been disappointing. And is 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 basically Oldham's Jimmy Toure is is, <laughs> is what he is. <laughs> if, in that statement, I just felt you'd give up on Jimmy Toure at the same time. <laughs> I mean, we've already got a Jimmy Toure. We've won two Jimmy Toure's for. I know, but I, I just really... felt you'd give up on our Jimmy Toure. <laughs> I didn't feel like you were giving up on Jimmy Toure. And now I, really I, hope, I feel like you're I really giving hope up. I hope our Jimmy Toure. Um, Simo's <laughs> giving him a bit of a chance and, you know, he, he might get more of a chance. Um, I really hope that, you know, maybe he'll kind of like show something, but I don't want another one. <laughs> you, know, you, you, you know, you don't want two players in your squad who are kind of like, I mean, you call Callum Guy a luxury player sometimes, but that's like the classic definition of the luxury player, someone who's got lots of skills but doesn't turn up consistently. Yeah, you're making good points, mate, and that's why I asked the questions. <laughs> that's why I asked the questions, man. That's why I asked the questions. Um, Wills, thank you very much for joining me for episode 63 of the Blue Army podcast. Have you enjoyed yourself? It's been good, yeah. It feels like it's been a little while, so it's always good to be back after the after handing over the reins, or I say handing over like I'm in control with your podcast, after <laughs> stepping aside and letting Liam Denwood, you know, have a little extended run in the, I'm going to say a little extended run in the team. Yeah, let's stick with that analogy. <laughs> I like that, man. I like that. Very managerial of you. I like it, man. I like it. Uh, welcome back, man. Welcome back. It's always beautiful to have you back. And uh, I'm sure it won't be very long until we have you back again. And as usual, you're going to stick around to say goodbye to the people. So I'm going to wrap things up by saying this has been episode 63 of the Blue Army podcast, the which has been sponsored by the old fire station Carlisle. You can find details to the Mick Wadsworth night on their website, which is on ofscarlisle.co.uk. Get yourselves over there for information on all kinds of events. And uh, all I can do is thank them for being the first ever sponsors of the Blue Army podcast. I really, really appreciate their support. And of course, I appreciate all of your support. Whenever you like, comment, subscribe and download, it means a hell of a lot to me. And I'm sure Wills gets a little kick out of it as well. And thank you so much for joining us this week on the Blue Army podcast. Bye for now. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>
discussion with none other than former Carlisle United manager Mick Wadsworth. That's right, Mick Wadsworth, the... Oh, Remaras, how's it going? It's once again my pleasure to introduce you to the first ever sponsors of the Blue Army podcast. That's right, I'm talking about the old fire station Carlisle. And this time we have an event for you that is specially tailored towards the listeners of the Blue Army podcast. It's a Q&A and an evening discussion with none other than former Carlisle United manager Mick Wadsworth, that's right, Mick Wadsworth, the promotion winning manager from 1993 till 1996. A manager that had such players as Rory Delap, Richie Prokas, and the late great Tony Hopper in his squad. So once again, it'll be a Q and A and a discussion with Mick Wadsworth, which I'm sure will be a fantastic evening. All of this is in aid of Eden Valley Hospice and is taking place on the 6th of May. Tickets cost £12.50. Details of the event and many, many other events are available at the Old Fire Station's website, which you can find by typing in www.ofscarlisle.com. UK. Once again, that is www.ofscarlisle.co.uk. Get your tickets now and don't miss out. It's going to be a great night. My name is Chris Miller. My name is Paul Anderson. My name is Mark Boyd and you listen to the Blue Army podcast. Hello, my name is Derek Combs and I listen to the Blue Army podcast. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered. By fans.